0: Hey, mystic Michaela spiritual family welcome to know your aura with mystic Michaela today we are talking about narcissists, toxic people, and how they are generally triggered by the pandemic and how it has influenced their ability to manipulate situations to make it about themselves but first hey Scotty hey guys what's going on
1: well, if the listeners are still with us oh, yeah, I know after last week's <laughs> episode on Astral sex, uh, that's fantastic. This is a little I,
0: more PG today. Yes,
1: we had so many. And, and by the way, we had, we had so many comments about the, the episode. And believe it or not, there was a lot of people that were in the closet, the astral sex yes. in the closet, yep. so to say. And it was higher than the 46%. I
0: think so. So it was
1: probably over 50%. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I'm now included in that. You are. But, uh, you know, before we get into your your um, flying monkeys and narcissism and empaths and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get a lot of questions on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family about why is everyone kind of the same colors? Yes. So like everyone, you know, when they get their aura reading or not everyone, but most of the people, when they get their aura reading or they get their aura photography photo back, right. they come out like blue and purple. Right. They come out indigo and purple. Indigo, yeah. you know, could you be, I don't think you'd be indigo blue, right? Sometimes. Not, sometimes. But a lot of those empathic colors. Mm-hmm. And you always say, you know, it's very rare to be indigo. Yes. But on the group, everyone seems to be indigo it's true yeah and i think it is rare but it's not rare for the group
0: right well you know what's funny is i just did a google i did something really cool i right. i presented for the google summit via like a google meet class where i guess what was it like they had a day of workshopping they had
1: a week it was like a week. It was a whole week of work yeah. and
0: i was like one of the workshops and i did it two separate times so i had two separate groups and let me tell you blue purples there was like maybe one or two in right. each group, everyone. So that's what I mean. Like in, and there was one indigo in the whole day. I only had one indigo person. Wow. Um, and the thing is, is like when I present to like the mystic Mikhail spiritual family or present to people who are more into this stuff, that's when all the indigos, the purples, the blues, the turquoises, that's when they come out. Right. But at this conference, it was It was a lot of yellows and I have a lot of yellows too, but I have like yellow blue or yellow indigo or yellow purple. These people were a lot different, like a ton of green women,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um, of course, green guys. There were like interesting green, yellow women who you could tell, um, which... (laughs) They had no idea what I think. They, do you think they knew what I was talking about? Because I'm like, society tried to make you yellow, but you're green, but you're kind of walking in between those two colors. Yeah. You know, like, you guys understand what I'm talking about when I say that. But, like, you could tell they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so with a ton of green people, have some yeah. red, a lot of red, a lot of red women, yeah. a lot of red blue women uh-huh. were working there. Um, there were empath colors. There were some yellow purples. There were some... Um. What else? There were a lot of green, blue women. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it was just it was a different vibe. So you could tell, like in the group, you know, I was talking, and you can just see their faces, you know, in the little thumbnails, and yeah. the people that get it were like, whoa. Like you could tell, like like, and those were the purple blue people, and the one indigo like wrote me after like, thank you so much for seeing me. Like it's, they're it, they're out there. They it's are. just usually if you're an indigo, you're surrounded by people that don't understand you, or if you're blue, or if you're yeah. blue purple, and um. There were yellows in the group and and like when you could tell they were leading with their yellow energy, their whole lives, their whole careers, yellow energy, yellow energy. So a couple of them, I was like, you know, I saw that they were yellow, blue, or I saw one was yellow, purple, but she was wearing like inauthentic red. And that's where it gets a little bit like, oh man, like I wish I had more time than just like a surface reading with you because you could tell she was like, what? Like, you know, they needed to like understand more, but yeah, sure. On the Facebook page... There's a reason why we're all the same colors.
1: Right. <laughs> right you know, it's was like the point where it's like everyone, you know, everyone's like, oh, I'm, you know, purple and indigo, and yeah. whatever. I'm purple indigo. Like Wait, I'm purple indigo. You're
0: like yellow and either purple, indigo, blue. Right. Or you're purple with blue or you're indigo. Right. You know, like... It, it generally, yes, yeah. like on that page. Or you're
1: maybe a husband, a green husband that got dragged on the page or something yeah, like that. Yeah, a couple that. of green
0: husbands, a couple of red husbands.
1: Um, yeah, it was really interesting because I had never seen so many green women. Oh, my gosh. you say green women? Yes. You rarely say that. And
0: they're great, yeah. Uh,
1: and then we had like every sort of uh, green. So there was like oh gamer gosh. greens.
0: There were gamer greens. You know, all your,
1: you know, scientific greens. The science guy greens, yeah. science
0: lady greens, yeah. gamer ladies. Like it was a green conference, I think I slipped up at one point. Uh-huh. Cuz remember you told me cuz um I, was, oh, yeah, that was, I funny. was I was like <laughs> like I was trying to explain greens to people cuz the second group was less green. But like I was trying to explain greens to people and I'm like I don't know they're like really intelligent house plants. Like they just <laughs> They're very complex, they're yes. beautiful to look at, they're very zen, you yeah, know, but that's it. Like, yeah. you know, you don't get so much communication and I was like, Oh, I hope I didn't insult anybody.
1: Well, you did tell the woman <laughs> that her husband was an intelligent houseplant.
0: I did. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe. I feel like she agreed with me. Yeah, she she did. Yeah. She did agree with you. She's like, I feel like I'm married to that. <laughs> But she was the indigo. Right.
1: <laughs> so other than having our, our Google conference. That was fun. Uh, you know, we've been kind of bored. Yeah, it's uh, the so pandemic. We, yeah, you know? we've been really kind of scraping the barrel of you know what to watch at night. Yeah, there's you no know.
0: TV. They're not making anything. Right. New.
1: So oh. some of the uh so some of the shows that we have been watching, we'll just mm. we'll go through it. Yeah. So we, we found, you know, from the uh Mr. Kella Spiritual Family, someone suggested that we watch Amish hauntings.
0: Susie. Susie suggested this show for us. She said it was the perfect combination of both our interests, the paranormal and the Amish.
1: Right. So, of course, we saw Amish hauntings. We had to check it out.
0: It's on the Travel Channel.
1: And I have to say, (laughs) it was a little bit, I don't know, would you say nonsense? Seemed kind of silly. It was so
0: staged. Like, I feel like if you watch it, which, you know, don't bother, um, it's like if you gave... Something to a bunch of new film students to create a story about. That's what they did. Right. There's no actual Amish people in it, <laughs> okay, at all. Because like they pretend they're Amish people telling the story. But if right. you know anything about Amish people, they don't go on camera. And you could just tell if it's a, And all their beards were like pasted on. That's yeah. the other thing.
1: It was weird because like yeah, a couple of them like in the show like had their cell phones out and I'm like, <laughs> like the, the Amish would not have a cell phone. <laughs> You know, that's just bad editing. They should have got rid of those. They should
0: have, yeah. Uh, Their Apple Watches, all that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Am- Amish people, we did learn, they don't believe in any kind of spirit, ghosts, yes, we apparitions. That lear- yeah, was
0: cool. We learned about that.
1: Uh, they only believe you're either in heaven
0: or hell. Like when you die. You, go, you go to die. heaven or hell.
1: Right. Um, so, I mean, there was a couple of good tidbits in there. Yeah. Um, they did. One guy did use white mallet. Uh, <laughs> I a surprise that he had that crystal on him. Amazing. When he was hammering. You know, he was making his barn.
0: Truly amazing. That was
1: really amazing. But uh, you know, that show I think we're gonna only watch the one episode. Even though you know you love ghosts and I love Amish.
0: Did it trigger you a little? Did it make you miss your? Well, I mean, Your it, fan club.
1: Yeah, and I could tell, like the guy, like like you said, they weren't really Amish people. Yeah, and I can tell because yeah, i you, I, did, I dealt with so many Amish men. You
0: did it with so many Amish men. No, I, that's I, what it just I, sounded no, like. You did. Said. I think you did. No,
1: I Del. Del.
0: Okay, everybody. Re- <laughs> Why that?
1: And, and, yeah, okay. Edit, edit. Um, we're not uh, editing it. Now. No, okay. Um, and, and and I think since like the last episode, the, I've had issues with the Amish mm. coming to me at night, to uh, two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but uh, I, I watched actually a show alone. Now, I never do You this. never
0: watch a show alone. Yeah,
1: you were taking a nap. You're mm-hmm. tired. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, from your readings. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to pick out a Netflix show. Because I know wow. you always watch all the Netflix shows that you like to watch. You must have been to watch, And... I picked out a show called Speed, and the reason why, I, first of all, I picked it out is because it was only forty minutes long, mm-hmm. and there was only one episode.
0: It's funny that it's a forty-minute documentary. Yes,
1: it's a forty-minute documentary. One episode is called Speed Cubers. Okay, and that's why I picked it because I not you know, I hate when there's like forty-eight seasons and yes. there's seventeen episodes well, a that's season. Netflix,
0: yeah, yeah. So what what happens in this?
1: Okay, so basically, it's about um, the World Championship of, like, you know, the Rubik's Cube. Yeah, of people who can do the Rubik's Cube. In the fastest time, cool. so they time them doing the Rubik's cube, and yes. some of the, these people like the the, the big um, the original Rubik's cube is like the, the highlight of the show. It's like the like the heavyweight championship. Oh, because they have all different Rubik's cube. I now. didn't Did know, that. know that.
0: No, I knew nothing. I didn't watch this with you. Yeah, yeah and they, they have know like nothing. five
1: by five, seven by seven, oh. eight by eight, but the original Rubik's cube is three by three, mm. and that is like if you win that, you are like legendary. It's
0: hard. It's harder.
1: Oh no no that's like the it's not harder it's um, it's like the, the, the traditional Rubik's Cube. Oh, okay. So like, if, like you're the master. You, you want to win, win that. That. the yeah. original. Yes.
0: Okay, cube. And
1: the thing is, right. So you have all these different cubes. Like they, they have a one-handed competition. Can you do it one-handed? Stop, that's so Yeah, neat. it's really crazy. And, um, but if you can do, do, do the three by three, the original Rubik's Cube, yes. then you get like all the accolades and everything. Oh, wow. So you can win like the Rubik's Cube that has like 20 by 20 and it doesn't matter. But
0: you win the, the three original. by three,
1: you are beloved.
0: Oh, what do you get if you win?
1: Like a trophy. Okay. Yeah. And you, take, take a guess. Okay. So they mix okay. up the Rubik's Cube. So this is yeah. how they do it. They mix up the Rubik's Cube. Uh-huh. They have like a cover over it. They pull off the cover and that's when your time starts. Oh, you, actually, you get like a couple seconds to look at it and then your time starts. Okay. How many seconds do you think it takes for these people oh to solve a Rubik's Cube that's all mixed up and they've just seen it for like five well, seconds? Well, I figure they go.
0: they're smarter than me yeah. in that okay. way. Yeah. So like a minute.
1: Okay. They, I think, I'm not sure exactly what the world record is, but they do it in six, roughly six seconds. No. Six seconds. How? I don't know. I can't even take my keys out of my pocket in six seconds. There must
0: be like an algorithm. You, okay. First of all, they must be green.
1: They, they have to be. They
0: ha- are they green people? Could you tell? They, I think they are green. Yeah. Some of them
1: do have um, like autism. They're on the spectrum. Yeah, on the spectrum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know. Um stuff like that. But they like so they what they basically so they have an
0: ability to focus that's beyond yeah like other people's ability to focus. Yeah. So maybe that's part of the necessary traits to get yeah. it done. You just have to focus. Yeah. And well they and they
1: have like the it's like algorithms. So they, they memorize the algorithms. Yeah, they yeah, the yeah. algorithm
0: with their hands. Yeah.
1: And I think the the reigning champion, although he lost, he didn't win, it was like Max Park or something. He was like the champion this guy, Felix, and they and they're best buddies too. Oh. They break each other's records. That's
0: so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, the- there's like a community within it?
1: There's a community. Oh, oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. Where does
0: it take place, this championship? That one took
1: place <laughs> in Melbourne, Australia.
0: Oh, yeah. and... Um, Are there, like, like semi-championships and, like, things you have to get to lead up to it to qualify for the national or international or whatever this is? Yeah,
1: I think so. I don't know why I care so much. Yeah. No, Uh, it's really
0: really, I got really interested just now. It was really
1: fascinating. But it was really cool because, like, it was, like, Felix and Max. And Felix was, like, the the champion, reigning champion. Yes. And then Max kind of broke all of his records. Uh, Max is like I think severely autistic, and he uh, he just you know he all day long he just does the cube.
0: That's the other thing we watch. We watch Love on the Spectrum. Yeah, which is like a really really good show. That I mean I loved it. You loved yeah, it. That was really good too. That was so good. That was like so touching.
1: Very touching. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that sunset
2: is gorgeous.
0: Grill patio sunset. Hard to get better than that
2: unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
1: Um, okay, so that the other day, we also I had a watch. And this one I was like forced to watch. You tied me up. I did. Uh, and last I watched night. last night. <laughs> the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I know. And I have to tell you.
0: Tell me. Red Rants. Red Rants are coming. I have to tell you. Yeah.
1: You know, I used to watch these shows with you once in a while. You know, I know I've watched a few episodes of the Real Housewives of Arne County. And, you know, I like kind of laugh and I didn't like it, whatever. Uh, but yesterday after watching, I was like sick. Like yeah. I think maybe because I've been spiritually awakened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this show like made my stomach... Turn.
0: that would be a sign of feeling negativity
1: yeah i and i've never felt that before wow yeah these women on that show are I, it's, it's like horrible they're like i don't know are they horrible human beings i don't know they're just so materialistic yeah so out of touch yeah i could i couldn't even stand to listen to them speak you know the, the way that they you know walked into i think they walked into what uh dolce dolce and
0: gabbana what's
1: that like a high-end
0: they were so they were in rome italy yeah. last night and then you know they like to do things to show the wealth which is the show like it's kind of like how much did she spend and right. what car did they drive to get like that is the show like you know like kind of just ridiculous um just extra-ness what is that just i don't know indulgence
1: is he's. Ladies were trying on, like, tiaras that were $10,000. Yeah, they had, the, they had, like, the
0: Dolce Gabbana tiaras. And, and, right.
1: Everything had, like, a D and a C on it or yes, a G and a C on it. it's all branding.
0: It. it was, like, really
1: disturbing. Hell, I mean, think about it. They're in Rome. Yes. Like, the, maybe the greatest civilization of all time, yeah. you know, the, the Empire, Roman Empire, right? Roman Republic, birthplace of, like, you know, many laws that we use today and all this stuff. Yeah. So much history. And there they are, like, fighting about... If one of them's a lesbian or something,
0: I know. Like, who cares? Cares? It, like, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's like so
1: demoralizing. Well, like, yeah, because like people, like you know, would love to have a trip like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they you know, obviously most people can't afford a trip like that. And like if you told someone they were going to Rome, they, oh they would be like, you know, head over heels. Yeah, they would enjoy like probably every second of it. Yeah, and then you got these bunch of like spoiled nasty ladies yeah
0: talking about whose husband was mean to them yeah. or whatever yeah
1: and then you know it just it was really 3d i mean it's very 3d and i never felt it before yeah, isn't that yesterday. weird
0: no yeah that is weird it well was... i don't make you watch it often it just was there was you didn't have an opinion so i'm like oh, i'll watch my yeah it's on it's like eating chips like for my brain i don't know what i like so i'll watch it just because it's so mindless that I don't think of anything else. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just, (laughs) but I get everything that you're saying. Yeah. I try not to think so much about it because it's just the way the show is. And basically like, that's what it's supposed, I think you're getting the energy behind it. Like if somebody has a platform, okay. like I think this is what you're trying to say. And maybe you're just trying to articulate it. If somebody has a platform and they're using it to just show off their own ego, and to, like, talk to other people's egos. Yeah. Um, I, and, and trying to say, like, oh, my life's fabulous because I wear this. Or my life's fabulous because I have Chanel, you know, yes. fingerless gloves. Yeah. Or, like, whatever. You no, know,
1: what was that? Just, <laughs> let, let me just go off here. There's one lady. Let me just go off no, There's one lady. <laughs> ha, they're at dinner. She's, like, handball. Like, you know, when I practice handball team, oh, I'm yeah. practicing. I wear yeah. a glove. Yes. For handball. She's wearing a handball glove that has, like, two C's on it. I think that's Chanel. Yes. I don't know. It is. Is that Chanel? Okay, whatever I mean, who wears that to dinner? Like, and the glove probably costs like, you know, $5,000. Oh,
0: yeah. And you're wearing, and then
1: like you're uh, wearing, like annoying with jewelry
0: and stuff. Yeah, and
1: then she's like preaching about nonsense. All right, continue.
0: No, but yeah, I get what you're saying. And like, they have this platform and they're kind of using it. I will say Erica, Mm -hmm. for whatever, like, I feel like she's a little better, in my opinion, than the rest of them, because she really talks about being in a place of yes and saying yes to everything and opportunities and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, I, I don't mind. I, I kind of like her, honestly, like with it. Like, okay. and she's very down to earth. Right. I mean, she doesn't look like she is, but I feel like if you met her, she wouldn't judge anybody based on where they're coming from, like okay. at all. Like, I really don't feel that from her, even though she looks like she would feel yeah, like it's she treated like she would a lot. And I feel like in her circle that's why like in the beginning when she started she said she's not friends with women like this is new for her to be friends with women Mm -hmm. like she likes to be friends with gay gay guys i'm like that's it like because she doesn't get along because they don't understand because i feel like she gets read wrong a lot but yeah i know what you mean yeah but like yeah i think if you have a platform like that and you use it just to tell people like that their life you know isn't as fabulous as yours because you can spend twenty five hundred dollars on a hat and a pair of shoes yeah um, that's like a wrong place to show people that's where joy comes from yeah. or whatever. So that's just what you're picking up.
1: Yeah, I mean, and then the one lady, which was really disturbing to me, <laughs> like the most disturbing part was this one lady, she bought the, the D, Dolce whatever.
0: Yeah, that's the, the hat, garbage, the shoes, whatever. yeah. Yeah and,
1: this, yeah, and they put it in this massive bag. Yes. This massive black bag that said Dolce, Gabini, whatever. Dolce and Gabbana, yeah. Right, on there. And then she's like so proud that she was going to walk out with that bag so that everybody can see that stupid name on it.
0: I know. I mean, that is like that's sick. I know. That's well, like it, crazy. It's for her. You just felt the ego, like yeah. you know, yeah.
1: You know, I would rather walk out with a huge black bag that says Mystic McCalla's spiritual family on it.
0: This is my or no,
1: your because my that's my <laughs> own. I don't know who this Dolce Gabuni is. Well,
0: I remember on New York uh, Housewives, they would make fun of Bethany Frankel because she like had a car with Skinny Girl—that's her company on it. Yeah, and anything she wore had Skinny Girl on, and they were making fun of her. And she's like, "What? That's my. That's yeah, yeah. Like she said this, but well, she's red. New yeah, you're red." See, she said the same thing right she's like what like i don't want to wear somebody else's brand i'll wear my own brand yes any day of the week <laughs> that i totally that
1: right. is amazing you know right. i i you know i when i you know we have of, like not a lot of uh know your aura shirts we got a lot of yeah. you know miss Vikala spiritual family shirts <laughs> i always wear my week, shirts. Give it to you, and when <laughs> i see my kids you know i see them in the t- the shirts the know yeah. your aura shirts yeah. or the spiritual family shirts, like I get so proud of them. Like it's like, it's like such pride, know. you know, rather than wearing like a Hollister, you know, with, that's the level war out at here, Red but Red you know, or, or, no. or a polo, like the little horsey on the, on the shirt. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, I, I can't even talk right now.
0: That's our middle class equivalent, by the way, to like what Dolce yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even pronounce these names.
0: But even when I was like super, if you ever go to like, when I was like a college student and I really had no money, like if you went into Old Navy, Old Navy, or you went into Arrow, or you went like, which are very low end stores, the the shirts with their names on it yeah. are always like for sale. Like you get a shirt yeah. that says Old Navy, or you can get a shirt that says Hollister, yeah. or like whatever. And it was just always like I always noticed they're always on sale, or they're always a little cheaper. I always had an issue buying them because I'm like, why am I paying to advertise for you? You know, right. like that or whatever. But um. So, but, some, but that they, yeah. brands are a form of tribal identity. Like, and they talk about actually, Eckhart Tolle talks about this in the Good Earth um, or the New Earth. I apologize. The New Earth. And he. On New Earth. And I don't have the book in front of me. It's On New Earth, Eckhart Tolle. And he says that like when you purchase something like that, you're just buying into an ideal. And then you feel like you've borrowed identity from that ideal because the ego is tricky that way. Mm-hmm. The ego is very tricky. And, and it, it gives you a sense of worth when you purchase into like a brand like that. And all that money is going to is the illusion that you're part of an identity now. And if you think of it that way... It's kind of like, and, and then that's how like, you know, as a culture, maybe it's like a very base human condition to think that you're worthy now because you're part of this, right. you know, it's more of like a tribal affiliation with, okay, I'm part of the Dolce & Gabbana or, or Chanel or like, which is very materialistic. Um, and it's kind of like a, yeah, so you're just feeling all that. And it's yeah. heavy and it made you sick.
1: Yeah, maybe sick. Like, yeah. I mean, look, I'm just happy. I just go, you know, I get my stuff at Target just because it fits well. I know. And if it didn't fit well, I'd go somewhere else. Yeah. But it happens Target, to be you do love. Yeah, they have like this line. Good threads. Good, good threads or something. Good fellows or like good something. Good fellows, Good fellows. And it just happen to fit me well. <laughs> good fellows. So that's why I go there. It's not like, you know, because of any symbol they put on yeah, it. Yeah, I like if something uh,
0: fits me well, it you works know, for me.
1: I can go buy the Dolce Gaboni bag. Yeah. And just walk around town with it, not even having anything in it. I'll put my Target clothes in it. <laughs> And I'll just walk around with the bag if that, you know. I mean, if that makes if you feel good. Yeah, it make me feel good. All right. But, all Moving right.
0: on from the Red Rand.
1: All right. Let's talk about this uh, Skillshare you've been doing.
0: Okay. Many of you have reached out to me since I spoke about Skillshare a few weeks ago. I myself have had an amazing experience with it. I did a class on how to use my iPhone camera better. Now I feel like I'm totally a pro. And I took a class on kind of expounding on your personal narrative. And that was really interesting to me. And a lot of you have reached out saying that you've done different artistic classes and writing classes and whatnot. And they basically offer these classes that are designed for real life and all the circumstances that come with it. Uh, actually, I actually did a, a new class. I did Instagram Poetry, Create Personal Visual Vignettes for Self-Expression by Allison Malay. And let me tell you, it was... It was really eye-opening. It's a very, all these classes are very short. Like you can do the classes in under an hour in like two to three minute segments. I love to write. And so this really got me thinking in a new way and new perspectives.
1: Yeah, I would would definitely say I've noticed a change. Like you do these incredible Instagram posts. They're well written, uh, well thought out. And I have noticed that they've been a little bit more poetic, a little bit in their, uh, and how they're written. And it's really cool. They're, they're, they actually have really uh, been incredible.
0: She, yeah, thank you for that. No, I, and the class, like I took, was very just eye-opening and shifted my perspective on things. And it was short. And they're very quick. They're very quick-moving, and you can do them on your phone. Um, Skillshare has classes to fit your schedule and your skill level. You can take it whenever, and you can be a beginner or intermediate or skilled, and they have classes for you. There are so many classes like art. Like my daughter was interested in the calligraphy one. There's ones with graphic, um, making graphics. Uh, There's ones with like how to use uh, different technologies for social media. There's everything you can think of. Members get unlimited access to thousands of inspiring classes with hands-on projects from a community of millions. And Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. And right now, during this pandemic, we need to expand our minds. We need to feel like we're growing and learning. And this is the perfect, perfect thing for you. And so guess what? You can explore your creativity and get two, free months of premium membership at skillshare.com slash kya that's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com slash kya that's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at skillshare.com slash kya
1: all right let's get into what we're talking about today
0: let's do it So if you have listened to any of my podcasts about narcissists and empaths, one of the main points really is narcissists will find a way to make anything about themselves and they're quite spectacular about it. So like getting married, well, too bad. Your narcissist relative just had a meltdown about it. (laughs) Having a baby? Well, wow. Why didn't you name it after my side of the family? You graduated college? Well, my, oh, my, I'm having a heart issue this weekend, and I am too sick to make it, and now you look like a huge meanie for celebrating your accomplishment without me. In all of the scenarios when normal people look at the situation, and by normal people, I mean people who don't have narcissists in their lives, they think you're cold and mean, and whatever the narcissist really wants you to be seen as so as to elevate themselves. And it's been their form of control over you forever. So now as the pandemic hangs out and lingers here, um, here we go again. Let's see how the narcissist and the toxic people are making it about them. And that's what I really wanted to talk about today. Just to touch on how the pandemic has poked the bear with the narcissist, how how they've gotten creative about using it for their own devices. Side note, um, and I talk about this in my narcissist versus empaths podcast and my recovering empath podcast. Um, they're episodes four and six. There's this little thing you have to know about the empath sidekick. They're like empath sidekicks. So like the narcissist has sidekicks and they're they're unaware empaths. And what they're actually called flying monkeys, not my term, it's like an actual term. Um and it's used to just to describe this, the narcissist sidekicks. And I add to it that these narcissist sidekicks are actually unaware empaths, which means like they're empaths, but they don't really know it. I talk about that a lot in The Recovering Empath. I talk about that a lot in Narcissists versus Empaths. So if you want to check that out to get a more in depth understanding about that, um, you can. But anyway, so what are flying monkeys? Um, think of The Wizard of Oz, the movie. And the Wicked Witch, she always made her monkeys do the, all the dirty work. And narcissists have, you know, flying monkeys to do just that. So, flying monkeys are the empaths, the unaware ones, who are in an empath trap. Narcissists know that unaware empaths crave attention, validation, love, and a feeling that basically they're healing or in the process of healing or trying to heal a super impossible person. And feeling like they are the chosen one to someone who is like super complicated. So the narcissist will basically create this empath trap to seduce them with praise. So it's like the perfect storm for an empath. Like somebody who's so hurt and like anything you do is like over the top at first. Like, oh my God, you cooked for me. Nobody cooks for me. Oh my gosh, you did this. Oh my God, what would I do without you? It's like over the top. And then over time it becomes like... You can't do anything right, so they get you kind of addicted to the praise, and then they slowly take it away from you, and then you're just like, oh, I, I just have to get back to that. I just have to get back to that point again with them, where where I'm lovable again with them. And it's super subconscious, and it's a mind, it's a mind screw, which is why when you're an aware empath, you don't fall for it anymore. But listen, we've all been there. So anyway, so yeah, they they create this trap to seduce you with praise. Oh, I couldn't do. X, Y, Z, ever without you and on and on and on. And they start to kind of show how they've been hurt and wounded by these other people in their, life, in their lives. So like, you know, so-and-so so mean to me and my boss or my ex or my daughter or whatever. And they complain about this to the empath sidekicks. And to make it all better, the empath sidekicks all of a sudden take up the narcissist's cause and defend them and they'll go after these people. They'll go after the people that the narcissist says are so mean, and that's why if you deal with a narcissist, you probably have flying monkeys coming at you, too. So it's not just the narcissist you have to deal with. It's all their little soldiers or their flying monkeys, too. It's a whole narrative they feed. That's when the unaware empaths become flying monkeys. So it's not only, like I said, and the thing is, like, with the flying monkeys is... The narcissist kind of wants you to project your anger on them. Like, can you believe she said that to me? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, and the narcissist is like, oh, I know, seriously. Like, they'll throw anybody under the bus. (laughs) I don't think that they have, like, this loyalty to the flying monkeys. Like, anybody to just, you know, project anything onto that's negative and be like, oh, I know. And And they'll flip the script. Like, I know, this flying monkey, they totally did this to me, too. So it's just a game. And it's funny. Once you see it, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so obvious. So at some point in your life, it's quite possible you yourself have been a flying monkey. It's okay. You can own it. I have two. When you are at the starting point in what I call the recovering empath cycle, you're unaware. Most empaths tend to stay there. That's why I try to focus so much in this podcast and in my readings to get empaths to the next step. Because when you're unaware, that's when you're the most manipulated. That's why I see a whole generation of parenting... Not all, not everybody, but the people I talk to, um, they're raising their kids differently than how we were raised as empaths. It's like you have a gift, you have a superpower, you can feel what other people are feeling. Don't get manipulated by it, you know. Like it's, it's a different way to raise kids, and we're all working on it together now to make a different generation of proud empaths. But anyways, I remember so many times when I was a flying monkey. So this is where, you know, my vulnerable moments and there's been many of them. And when you go back and you kind of think about it, you can call it immaturity in your life or it can just feel embarrassing or you can feel foolish or even mad at yourself. But the point is it's personal responsibility is necessary and it's necessary to go back and see it because taking that personal responsibility is a huge part of recovering as an empath. In any case, I remember once when I was in my undergrad, my final year, um, Undergrad, my bachelor's, Spanish education. And I had this best friend who was very narcissistic. And if you were in school at any point, I kind of like the the further you go on in your major, the smaller the crew gets. So we were, you know, we were in every class together. We were very close. And of course, this, but she was very narcissistic looking back. I see it now. And of course, she was my bestie because, you know, I love the narcissists because you don't do what's good for you, you do what's familiar. And, uh, Yeah. And, and yeah, narcissists are our besties for a while. That's how we roll. It happens. That's the empath thing. It's what we do. Um, we try to get over it, but in any case, yeah. So we were in this small department because it was the last semester of undergrad in the Spanish education department, not too many Spanish teachers, um, in the world. There really aren't a lot of us. And we, we were about to be placed for student teaching and you don't know where you're going to go. It's like 16 weeks of your life and they split it in half, you know, one placement somewhere, another placement so you don't know where you're going to go it's like very stressful for whatever reason so i remember being very stressed out about it so so much stress so much anxiety and this friend of mine she had all these qualities of a narcissist so, you know looking back it's like obvious to me there was just always this like narrative of victimization so, like, she had these, like, crazy things happen to her. I was never present for them, but I always, like, heard about them. Of course I believed them, right? She had all these crazy things happen to her, which were just so out of the ordinary and mean, like, her ex was super nasty all the time, and her parents, who they were so mean, and her siblings so awful, and ex-best friends attacking her, and everybody's so mean, but the story never added up. And looking back, I realized I just went with it because I wanted her to be my friend, um, but I, I can see it clearly now. And the red flags don't escape me now with people in my life. So I, I took the lesson and I used and it. And, and at the end of our relationship started doing this to me too. I was, you know, in the empath trap and then slowly and suddenly I became, I always offended her somehow. But she was doing this narrative with, with our Spanish department, our small department. And you could really screw yourself over if you went up against this small department, because they're small, you know, and And like Buffalo is a small town and and you don't want to like make a bad name for yourself or reputation if you really want to get into a good school district that, you know, and all that when I'm thinking professionally like a Spanish teacher, but she kept saying how mean they were to her and how this one professor in particular, she told me, you know, that he called her in to specifically tell her that she sucked at Spanish (laughs) He was embarrassed to have her represent the program out in the student teaching contexts. And when she told me that, I was so hurt for her. I was so upset. I couldn't believe they did that to my poor, sad friend who had so many awful things already happening to her like all the time that didn't make sense, but still. So I took it upon myself to go talk about this so-called awful department head to the co-department head and complain about his teachings and how he was spiteful and how he, I felt he was so cruel to my friend and I was scared he would be cruel to me too and that she should really look into this. And of course, you know, it was all made up. And what am I, like 20, 22 at the time? And um, none of this actually happened. And I looked absolutely nuts. And I looked I looked crazy and I looked like her. Like I looked awful. And then she, of course, because she made it up and never wanted to admit it, got mad at me for going in and sticking up for her, calling me all sorts of names and saying I was the enemy of her family and siblings and whatnot. Everybody hated me. It was a huge mess. And like the other students were like, oh my God, why'd you do that? Like, and it added to all my stress about graduating on time and getting put in decent placements for student teaching with good mentor teachers. Um, You know, yeah, it all worked out, but I felt like I was nuts. I felt crazy. And now I know that I was, you know, gaslighted. That's gaslighting. Um, but I also needed to take responsibility. And I do and I did. Who was I to complain about a teacher who had done, done nothing wrong to me, who was just doing his job and was obviously not the favorite of this narcissist and was being set up by her and and you know, yeah, I was played, but also I didn't have a nice intent doing that. Like that's that wasn't right of me to do that. I got played and there's a certain responsibility that you have to take as a flying monkey that you're like, oh my gosh, like I want her praise was more important to me than anything. So I wanted her praise by sticking up for her. And, you know, it took me a long time to look at those qualities in myself and not feel completely pathetic and awful and hate myself for it. Now I see that, listen, I was programmed to be this unaware empath. And why wouldn't I find people who, repeated that pattern in my life over and over and over again. Why wouldn't I? I hadn't learned better yet. So I learned from that. And, um, you know, I (laughs) this guy was just trying to do his job and I felt really bad. And, And it's just a small example of being kind of pulled in as the flying monkey, but it did teach me a ton in life. And now I know a lot of flying monkey symptoms because of that. And I learned... And I grew and it was like a catalyst for me and um, I ended up apologizing to him years later because we keep in touch on social media and he like didn't even know what I was talking about, but still, you know what I mean? It was important for me to do that. And um, yeah, it was a real eye opener for me in the empath thing. Like, hey, wait a second. This is like a pattern. So I, it's, I just wanted to share that with you to get your mind jogging about maybe when that's happened to you because it's important moving on. So, on to the pandemic. I do a lot of readings. And in this pandemic, I have seen it has really brought out the worst in like narcissists and generally toxic people and their flying monkey cohorts. And the more peaceful, zen, and chill you are about this whole situation, the more they see you as a target. So, depending on your aura color, you have kind of a conflict style. And I'll go through these conflict styles. with each aura color. But to generalize, a lot of us empaths try to go invisible, which works, but you sacrifice a lot when you do it. You sacrifice the ability to be yourself authentically 100%. So it's something to notice during a time like this when narcissists and toxic people and their flying monkey cohorts literally have no attention. Like These narcissists, they're struggling people. We have to worry about them. They have no attention. The virus is taking it all away from them. And they're trying to get anything they can out of this. They're trying to spin this pandemic. Okay. I want to talk about some examples of pandemic toxicity, <laughs> toxic moments. There's so many. So I just pulled these. I, I pulled a few from my readings recently. Um, but I'll, I'll make them as, as generalization as hypotheticals because this, is, this has happened. And these are like real instances, but they're so... See, narcissists are very creative. Like they can take any situation and make about them. So these are like pandemic sensitive situations. So let's say you can't make the, I don't know, like, listen, I can't take the family vacation this year, okay? So maybe that's one of your things, like, you know, your state's locked down, I'd have to like self-quarantine for 14 days in some hotel before I even saw you, that's not feasible, I can't do it, also I'm scared to drive, you know, through all these states to get you or fly or whatever, I can't, there's a pandemic, I can't make it. And the head narcissist is for sure sending out the monkeys, you know, those flying monkeys and the other family toxics to come after you. And yeah, like these may be friends and cohorts of the narcissist hearing all sorts of horrific things about you. And it's it's true when they can't control you, they control how others see you. So that's like one, like maybe you can't make, I can't make the wedding. I can't make the, the event. I can't make the vacation. I can't come visit you. Oh, that's it. You're screwed. Or... Flip side, I don't want you here, okay? I don't want you flying and then me picking you up and you staying in my house with my kid. Like, either way, they take it to the next level. They're not being rational. It's all about them. So maybe the narcissist, (laughs) and it works both ways, decides to still have their wedding slash shower slash birthday party slash whatever. um, They're like, this is still on, okay? And not only is it still on, You're flipping ugly if you wear a mask. Don't wear a mask in my photos, okay? This is real and this is a real narcissist story. And don't wear masks in my photos. I don't wanna see any of my guests wearing masks for my. And and if you don't come, like, we're done. We're over. Block, boundary, we're over. You're done with me. This was like a real situation. Somebody had to decide whether they were going to the wedding or not because somebody said, if you don't come and if you come and you wear a mask, like, we're done. I mean, okay. Anyways, so yeah, like that's, you know, they're just coming against you. That's like an impossible ask. And the people showing up either like aren't nervous about things, which is their right. Like, okay, you're you're, you're not nervous about the pandemic. Okay, go, whatever. But like some people are. And if you don't respect that and you take it personal, like as like that's about you, super toxic. Birthdays. Did you guys have, anybody have the, the the quarantine birthday? I did. Okay. I sat around all day. It's fine. I got taken. Totally cool. Why? Because I'm not a narcissist. <laughs> but a lot of narcissists had quarantine birthdays and man, how dare you not make a big deal for me? A normal person understands the quarantine birthday was lame and kind of quiet and nothing happened, but the narcissist feels lonely, unloved, and takes it personal. Risk your life to show me you care. So, I mean, any sort of milestone event you could use for this at graduation, an anniversary, et cetera, or you can even flip the party thing around because like one person I was talking to, like she wasn't going to have um, a bris, if you know what that is, like Jewish people, um, they, when their child's born... Um, they do the circumcision it's like a religious ceremony and one of my clients she's like I'm too nervous to do the bris like so she wasn't going to invite people to her house. like she didn't want to do it like she's a newborn okay well man her in-laws freaked out her like her mother-in-law like made, made that all about herself and it was like in the in the throes of it the 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 quarantine situation and she's a new mother and it's like yeah so it was, and it's, it's not like it's the first time these, this woman freaked out on her, but then the whole family went against her too. So, it, I mean, these things notice it. And then it's funny because you always feel like the worst person in the world after. Like, you'll know, like, am I wrong? You question yourself. That's when you know you've been like attacked. I've seen a lot of siblings turning on one, turning on one another with who's taking care of like mom or dad or the elderly parents or whatever. A lot of finger pointing. About who did more and who did less. And you'll notice that the head narcissist is the one decreeing exactly like who gets a gold star here and who does not. And of course, they usually, in fact, always have their sidekicks to support them in numbers so that the one on the outs doesn't get any say or power to defend themselves. And oftentimes, the one, like if you're the one being attacked, you feel completely isolated and alone. And that's on purpose. They go to the other thing with narcissists is like they'll go talk to people in your own life that have nothing to do with them just to get them on your side. Like if you have a best friend, all of a sudden the narcissist is talking to your best friend. Or, you know, it's it's weird. Like they they the whole point is to try to isolate you. So, and and be the most popular, the most favorite, the most whatever so that they get all the people on your side on their side. So you just keep looking crazy. Like there's nobody you can turn to in your life that believes you. That's a tactic. Now, if you're living, I just have to, I have to bring this up. I wasn't going to make this the focus because this is a whole separate thing. But if you're living with a narcissist and you kind of um, have to come to terms with that because it's like been a 24-7 situation now, (laughs) um, it's just bad all around. Someone is always, with with a narcissistic person, somebody always needs to be like adulating them at all times, like worshiping them. And somebody's always needing to be victimizing them. And the flying monkeys... Um, or the unaware empaths and the narcissist's lives, they're juggling, their whole purpose is to always figuring out, okay, who's going to be the perpetrator of the victimizing? Otherwise, it's going to be them. If the flying monkeys are truly scared of the narcissist because they don't want to be the one who gets the finger pointed at, if that makes sense. So that's really the fear. Um, I said a while ago that one of the unaware empaths' superpower is invisibility. Because when you are invisible to the narcissist, you don't get that focused negative attention. And usually this happens early on in your life and you have a pattern of invisibility then. And then you go out in the world and you wonder why, hey, why doesn't anybody notice me? Why don't I get hit on? Why don't jobs land in my lap? It's because you took invisibility to the next level and it was a survival tactic for you. And now it's something that you have to unlearn. And it's extremely stressful to unlearn something your mind taught you was survival. And that's why confrontation is extremely stressful to empaths because you learned that if you're invisible, they can't do anything to you. And... um and that's how, it's hard to unlearn something like that that's so ingrained in your head. is like, okay, I won't survive unless I'm invisible. It's not worth even being loved or being special or unique because the risk is being unloved, unspecial, and villainized. So I'm just going to stay completely neutral, completely invisible. And then you have to unlearn that. It's, it's difficult. So every aura does have a conflict style. Um, and depending on your combination, you may have two of these, which you use interchangeably or one over the other, depending. So keep that in mind. And like I said, I'll go into the, the intricacies of each one, but empaths, which are your blues, indigos, um, your purples generally in your turquoises generally have a very, low energy, like invisibility tactic, but we'll talk about it more in depth. So reds, we'll start with reds. Reds are more logical about it. They can also get like super fired up. So when attacked by anybody, honestly, a red does not back down. If they believe what they're saying to be true, they will feel really passionate about it. And if they get accused of something, forget about it. They're done with it. They don't go down quietly either. They will do the red rant, the red aura rant, 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 go on and on. They won't stop. They will go on and on and on because of because of this. And narcissists and flying monkeys usually, honestly, don't bother with red people. They don't. They just don't. They still try. But it's usually just super not worth it. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like why cheetahs don't go after lions. It's like, this isn't worth it. You know, like, I'm not gonna win. It's like, it's just, it's not worth it. Um, why? Because red people generally do not give a crap what anyone thinks about them as long as they truly believe themselves that they are correct. It's a great quality to have. Some, I wish I had that. Like, I think that that's awesome. Uh, and I think like when we see red people, we're like, wow, that's cool. You know, like, wow, you have armor that doesn't go down and is authentic to you. So anyways, that, that's a red people. So they don't usually get bothered too much because they'll just go off. They don't, they don't care. Red, blue people. Okay. Well, blues have a hard time feeling correct. In any scenario, because they can see and they can feel all the sides, all the perceptions. So they end up being the peacemakers, usually in families. So when attacked by the flying monkeys and by the head narcissist and other people who came on board to the narcissist's camp, they tend to fold. They can bend and they can give in. They can be pleasers. So their conflict style is basically to stay under the covers, under the radar, and if they, they get called out, they just kind of go with it. Depending on where the blue person is in their own recovering empath process, they will either like fold under the pressure... Or if they're further along, they'll stand up for themselves, but will suffer greatly with the anxiety and the stress and the overall sadness of being attacked. I see so many blue people having significant others and friends around them to lean on so as to let them know that they're not wrong and to encourage them to put up a boundary. So that's blue people. It's 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 hard, you know. They try to make they try to make peace, yellows. When yellows are attacked, yellows tend to find solutions. They ask questions. They mediate. They don't mind debate. They kind of look at all the options to make sure they're seeing everything clearly. Let me understand what you're saying. Let let me see if I have that right, what you you just said to me. Let me me re-explain that to you. I love yellow people. Let me ask 20 questions about this. Um, they look at the numbers. You know, they're checking the COVID rates in the area of the wedding. They were told they were forced to go or else they're unlovable. You know, they'll they'll make choices based on facts. And when they see that it's nonsense to do something just because their name will get dragged in the mud, then they'll go on the counterattack. <laughs> Yellows are very diplomatic. They don't attack, really. They just also don't back down so much. They will be the loudest voice in the room, giving information that is impartial, impartial um, that will appeal to everyone as to why this is not a personal thing uh, that's being done to the head narcissist in order to victimize them. And because of this, narcissists particularly hate yellow people. They really do. Although they will go against them, they aren't as easy of a target. Yellow people do tend to get, like, the problem with the yellows is that if you're kind of like, uh, and uno- usually, well, this is, how do I explain this? Depending on what your other color is when you're yellow, uh, if, and yellow people do have a tendency if they're imbalanced to do this thing where if, if, if somebody explains something to you in a certain way, then you'll feel like you have to go along with it even if it doesn't feel right. So yellow people can kind of be like, oh. You just said everything. You out me, so I guess I still have, I have to do it now. That's the issue with yellow people. Like when they get more comfortable on themselves and they don't fall for that, but sometimes their ego can hijack their yellow and be like, now you see, here's all the reasons why you should. And even though it doesn't feel right, don't notice that and do it anyhow. That's where yellows get tripped up. But for the most part, they're not as much of a target from the narcissist, but when they are, it's because the narcissist can out them. And if they're not as balanced, they can fall for it. So that's what that's what yellows have to be careful of. I, I I talk about that in throwing shade and aura color. I talk about how some yellows have the I told you so yellow shade. It's kind of like a like a darker yellow color. And it's just because when they see the world a certain way, it's like nobody else's opinion can change it or whatever. So you have to be careful of that when you're yellow.
2: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Purples. Purples are used to the purple shaming. What is that? I talk about this here and there, but purple shaming is the act of society against purples by basically calling them attention seekers. So purples are super afraid. Usually, especially if they come from a narcissistic background where they were raised by somebody in this way, they're super afraid to sparkle and shine and now they're ashamed of it. And they take on any attack on their specialness or uniqueness that they will constantly try to dim it and get super defensive defensive when attacked on it. So narcissists love to use this when going after the purple, making them the perfect people to project on. You don't want to come to my baby shower because you're jealous, for example. Or you are having this party on purpose because you need attention. Wow. Putting the health of others at risk for your own ego or flip that around. You aren't having this event because you're scared of giving up any spotlight uh, you know, you you just control everything. You you always want to be the center of attention. I love how narcissists will they will tell you exactly what they're feeling by telling you what you're feeling. Just so, but anything they accuse you of, it's them. They're just notice that. Anyways, purples need to learn what purple shaming is so as to not fall for it. The best thing to do sometimes in a narcissist attack is just let them see it the way. just see all right yeah all right you're right man okay if you think that then you can be correct i don't care and purples generally have this ability naturally to truly not care so leaning into that is the purple superpower like if you're purple you can really just sit back and be like hey wait a second like i really don't actually care like if you can just like Oh my God. It's like, it's freedom. It's like, I know they're pissed and I know they see, they see things this way and that they're going to drag my name through the mud, but man, I don't care. If you can lean into that, you're good as gold. That's, that's the purple thing. Purples can get tripped up if they care or they think they should care because of purple shaming. But if they let all that go, it's like, yeah, that's how I feel. Whatever. Call me center of attention. Cool. Whatever you say. I don't care. Then you're good. Narcissists can't get you. Green people. The Greens don't notice or care. The end. <laughs> Just kidding, but not. Greens have this thing where they, like, they will not defend themselves. Like, you think I'm, I don't know, fill in the blank. Anything? All right. All right. So they'll disappear during a narcissist attack. Usually green people just honestly just fade, fade off the grid. Like green people in families with a narcissist, it's like, where'd that person go? Like they just disappear. And then the narcissist never bothers to attack them because it's like, it's like fighting with a piece of furniture or something. Like it's like a narcissist having a fight with like the chair. Like you're not going to get anything out of it either way. So it's no fun. So usually they just like kind of leave them be. Don't use them. Indigos, man, I did the whole episode about that a few episodes ago. How indigos deal with confrontation, and it's a lot of passes. It's like for any behavior, it's like pass, 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 pass. And then one day it's door slam, we're done. So it's kind of the same deal with fam, family pandemic drama. A lot of passes. And then if it's just too much at some point, They get the door slam. I had a reading recently with a lovely woman who was an indigo and she was basically used her whole life by her brothers as a dumping ground for their insecurities. And then they stole her inheritance when she was like the one doing everything. I mean, everything for their sick mother. And she was left with like nothing. And in true indigo fashion, she wasn't as mad as she was sad. And in true indigo fashion, she wanted to know if it was mean not to continue a relationship with them during this pandemic and whatnot. So you know spirits answer to that but you know the thing of it is this pandemic will bring a lot of indigos to their door slam points the parts of themselves which have been giving the passes will be depleted and they're going to end up moving on and I see this happening a lot in this pandemic with narcissists man they love those indigos but they also know that they will have their breaking points and they and when a, when a narcissist gets a door slam the narcissist will continue to drag that indigo's name through the mud and not giving that any attention or energy or anything is work. Because that's, that's the only lasting thing the narcissist can get after a door slam from an indigo. It's like, oh my God, maybe if I do this, maybe if I talk to her boss, maybe if I call her neighbor, maybe if I call her daughter, you know, like all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, she just called my daughter? Like what? She's messaging my, my boss? Yeah, they'll do that. <laughs> they, they want a reaction from you after a door slam. That's how they win narcissists can't, they're kind of like, um, it's like a parasite. Like they can't survive off the body. <laughs> they can't survive without attention. So if you just put that in your head and you understand like, listen, if I give them nothing, eventually they will go away. Trust me, they will. They need to move on to greener pastures. If you're not giving them anything, they will not waste time on you because they love their time. Their time's worth so much more than proving you wrong even if you're not doing anything about it. So Once you give a door slam from an indigo, really just suck it up. All the retaliation, trust me, it'll end eventually. A note, a special note on social media and the narcissist. Ooh, this could be a whole episode. Uh, Yeah, so they use it for their toxic purposes, obviously. And the pandemic has them on overdrive. They got a lot of time with their phones. (laughs) They're using it super creative. And you have to, you know, be on the alert. I should do a post about this in the Mystic Michaela spiritual family. I don't know. I don't know if that, we'd have to do it with a a funny edge. Otherwise it would be way too depressing and draining. But like, um, well, here are some ways that they use it. So this is how they use social media in the following ways. Just some some examples. One, to make themselves the center of attention. I have, like they might even list like the symptoms they have that are super similar to COVID and you're just like are you just announcing on Facebook that you have, like, COVID symptoms? And, like, we? what, what are we all supposed to do? Like, give you, like, a lot of attention? Not, like, what is that? It's not... And here's the thing. That sounds mean. But if you've lived with a narcissist, this is the crap they do. Like, like when, when you have an event, all of a sudden they have, like, a health issue. Like, I'm not kidding. And then if you go say that to somebody, like, whoa, you're cold. And it's like, you don't understand. It's been my whole life, dude. You know? And, like, if you... You can't talk to people that don't understand narcissists because they'll think that you're like evil. That's why w- any of us that have had relationships with narcissists, we've learned to keep our mouths shut because we just assume nobody believes us. I'm like, whatever. No, you're not going to believe me anyways. So we just have to go with it. But anyways, so one example, they make themselves the center of attention on you know Facebook or whatever. And it's not the first time they've done this. So it's not like this is like an isolated event. They do this often, but I'm just making it pandemic related. Um, so anyways, they can also use social media, just generally to talk about how they're victimized by something like, I don't know, masks, people are going crazy, like guys with the masks. Okay. Like I'm not saying just narcissists are complaining about them, but I am saying that if you are narcissistic, it can be like an extra thing either way. Like either they're pissed off that people are wearing them or pissed off that people aren't, but like the narcissist just takes a little overboard and they make it particularly about themselves. So just notice that. I'm just trying to make it pandemic related on social media. Um, Oh, they love to triangulate too on social media by bringing up another person in their life um, to like, I don't give a compliment to, but at the same time they shame somebody else. So what does that look like? It can look like, oh, I'm so happy I have... You know, Susan in my life, you know, she's been a true daughter to me. And like your, that's like your mom writing it. You're like, huh, is this about me? (laughs) So like, that's kind of like, they love to be subtle that way a little bit. And everyone's commenting on it like, oh my gosh, where is your daughter anyways? You know, stuff like that. They're like, it's, your friends and things will notice it, but like most people don't. So I just wanted to talk about that. Um, another way you'll see all narcissists, you know, acting out these days. And it's something you may notice. And I wanted to briefly bring up the social media thing. So I hope this this little spiel here helped even a little bit as we move forward. Um, and, you know, as this pandemic life kind of continues, it's going to be wavy ups and downs and, you know, what we can and cannot do. And it's going to trigger these narcissistic people in in our lives. And they may not like us talking about the virus more than them. Like I said, it's going to upset them. And as empaths, many of us basically have to see where they can attack and get on us, where their flying monkeys can come after us, and how there are a few things we need to understand about ourselves so we can have boundaries and mitigate this damage. I really feel one of the reasons for this pandemic, and I talked about this on an episode, I talked about it on the fifth dimension episode, is to raise our vibrations, to spiritually awaken and to grow more than we ever have before. And we are more faced with the things we try to avoid more than ever. We are faced head on with confrontational toxic people, just like empaths do not like, and we can't avoid it. And it's something that's going to make us Instead of invisible, be empowered. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable as anything to do this because change is weird feeling. It's uncomfortable and it makes you have panic and anxiety and stress. But that is kind of the thing that happens when the ego gets challenged. I wanted to reach out to to you all and talk about how, you know, narcissists and toxic people and their flying monkeys deal with this time in particular because I don't want you to feel alone. And I don't want you to feel crazy. And I don't want you to feel like, this bad person. Love isn't complicated, okay? If someone is making love complicated in any relationship, it's not love, it's something else. There are things that, yes, we do need to take responsibility for. If someone has an issue with us, yes, we do need to hear them out. We do need to open our minds. We do need to learn. That's good to learn. But a narcissist does not have this, you know, once in a while issue with us. It is constant, it is never ending, it is all of the time. It's walking on eggshells. And there is a line, there's a line there, and they want you to think it's always you and it's never them. And it's so important that you don't feel alone right now if you're dealing with this and you're not. And in the most uncheesy way possible, I really want you to know that I am here for you and I hear you and I see you and I understand this process and I understand that you are a beautiful soul worthy of unconditional love and that love isn't anywhere else Outside of you, it's already inside of you, like it always has been, because you are from that love, and that love is you eternally. And I want you to feel that today, if nothing else. Hey, Scotty.
1: Wow. So that was intense, but I think um, I think it's going to help a lot of people. There's probably a lot of people going through that right now. Uh, you know, I know a lot of empaths listen to this, and uh, I think what I think they'll get a, a real lot out of that. Um,
0: What's your conflict style with the narcissist, Scott?
1: My conflict style with the narcissist? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I just don't. I don't deal with narcissists. I yeah. try not to deal with them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just yeah. yeah, try to put it on the back burner, I guess. But um, all right, so let's. You know, that was really intense. So let's go back into the 3D. Let's go. You know, because we we started in the 3D <laughs> with the Real Housewives let's of Beverly Hills, there. and you know, you are you were definitely four or five D there. That was, or 25 D, I don't know. It was, was a lot. Way over my head. But let's go back to things that I could actually oh, uh, stop. talk about. You get it. No, no, you're a hundred times smarter than I am.
0: I don't think so. Um,
1: no, no right, 95 times smarter. Um, <laughs> but let's go back to the three D. And I, the new bachelorette was supposed to be uh, Clarice.
0: Right. And Claire. Claire.
1: Okay. So right. the new bachelorette, Carol, um... <laughs> And she's pink, right?
0: Yeah, she's pink and yellow, which is very, uh, you know, unusual. It's funny because they picked like a 38 year old. Maybe she's 39 now. My age. Okay. So, like, you think you stick her with, like, if you stuck me with 30 men to choose from, like, I'm going to send, like, at this point in my life, probably 28 of them home. Like, right. the first night. Like, so, I know my own mind.
1: So basically, you're going to leave Dr. Pol.
0: Yes, and you
1: me, and possibly <laughs> Jeff Goldblum.
0: Right. Those the, guy, are my,
1: the guy from Jurassic Park.
0: Those are my three okay. keepers. Right. And then from those three, maybe it's, okay, it's getting a little harder. But, like, so they wanted somebody more, you know, who knew her own mind. But they picked a pink person. Pink people, and I I did a post about this, they're just perpetual. They have, like, a perpetual child, like, innocence. And they have, like, this Disney princess vibe and and it's like, true love exists. And you put her in this context, I mean, she fell in love. She fell in love quick. Um, and, you know, if you don't want spoilers, like, don't keep listening. Just end it now. Because um, right. everything I'm talking about is kind of on the news anyways. Or, like, if you watch anything, it's it's hard to avoid. They replaced her. They replaced her with another Bachelorette. Um, and I feel like for Claire... You know, before we get into her, I feel like with Claire, she's acting exactly like other pink people act. So if you think about other pink people, that's like Britney Spears. Like, she was married, remember, like 24 hours. Uh-huh. You know, she got married in Vegas. It was like, or Kim Kardashian, she was married to that one guy. It was like this crazy expensive wedding, but the marriage lasted like, I don't even know how long. A month. Yeah. Like how long I, I don't wow. remember. But uh, pink, or Anna Nicole Smith, she was pink. Pink people, Marilyn Monroe was pink. Pink people make choices very quickly. Like, like kids in a lot of ways. And they fall quick into it, the fairy tale of it, the romance. And they're very much like children. Like, like if you tell them, no, you're going to get a temper tantrum. Like, absolutely not. And I feel like that's what happened with her. Um, She, and she's 30, whatever, like her 38, 39. So she knows her, like, this is what I want. This is working for me. I found, so I applaud her. Now, I
1: have a couple theories yes. that I want to run by you that okay. may be why she also quit. Okay. All right. So there, there's two I have. These are the big two. So Clarice quitting. Do you think possibly Caroline had an astral sex partner? Oh, my. And that
0: is the reason why she had to get out of there? Well, rumor has it that her and this other guy okay. were talking because he was one of the first known contestants that was chosen. Now, remember, we she was supposed to be done filming- Months and months ago. So this guy was already... So rumor has it they had like an online relationship and maybe they had an an astral one too. Interesting. But when I looked at his picture, he's... I think his name is Dale. Like he's purple and blue. And he feels very, very sweet. And I feel like I can see... And and when I... I can't wait till pictures come out of them together. Because I feel like they did... I would confirm that relationship like with my my psychicness, uh-huh. because I do feel like they just were in love, and they came into this, and it was just like, I can't deal with other people. Like, pinks can be very, um, they're like, yeah, like the Disney princess thing. Like, that's it. You're my prince charming. Wow. I can't pretend with other people. I ha- Even though there's a show and I signed a contract, and they, you know, money, like, doesn't matter.
1: My other theory was, do you think possibly Candace got <laughs> pregnant by Dale. By oh, Dale. my
0: God. That's a good... I have to see a recent picture of her.
1: Right. And then, you know, like, they don't want to have, like, as the season's going on, her showing her, you know, baby bump. Oh, my God. So, like, I don't know how long it takes to film The Bachelor. It could be, like, three weeks. or yeah. uh, Not three, weeks, three months. And they could have, like, you know, she starts getting pregnant through it. What a twist. It. That would be...
0: That would be... Am- you know... I I like them together. Again, I have to see a picture yeah. of them like recent because I can only ever see Dale's pictures from stock photos and I hate those. But he seems like a very sweet, sensitive guy and and wants to, you know, give this to her. So that totally makes a lot of sense, actually. Cause pink people will get pregnant quick. Yeah. Because it's part of it. Now, <laughs> like quick decisions. Let's get into this. Let's throw ourselves at I'm it. I'm gonna
1: <laughs> I'm gonna add a third theory. Ooh. One night What's uh what's her name? Who? The Bachelorette.
0: Ah, uh, Claire.
1: Claire. Okay, Claire. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> so one night Claire was you know really pink showing off all her pink. Yes. She was at the the bar, you know, the whatever they have there. Yes. Uh the bartender was that guy that they always use from Bachelor in Paradise. Oh yeah. Um and I
0: totally forget his name, but I know who you're talking about.
1: Yeah. I think I think I forgot his name too. But uh and then Chris Harrison, yeah, came by and sparks flew mm-hmm. and she had a relation with chris harrison oh my god and abc had a
0: chris harrison is too green and purple to ever mess up his perfect job by doing something like that he just okay. wouldn't do it wouldn't nothing's do it. more important so than his out. the best job in the world that he has
1: okay so that series out
0: all right so so tell us what happened from the mystic Michaela spiritual family all right Scott, this so, weekend anyway so let's just close
1: it up with this a nice special uh you know good feeling good vibe note uh, we had a meditation, the recovering empath meditation. Uh, many of the spiritual family bought the meditation. Um, we then took part of the proceeds from the meditation and we wanted to give it back. So we, uh, basically brought donuts and coffee and all t- sorts of treats to our favorite publics um, here in Boynton beach. We, Got at least, I think, hopefully I bought enough donuts for at least every Publix employee. Publix is a grocery store. Yes. And a lot of my friends go there. We know from the Christmas episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, work there. Sorry. And uh, we brought them, you know, all these donuts. They, they were so appreciative. We we see them as our essential workers. Yes. Uh, they're out there every day working Absolutely. hard under this hard time. Yes. And we wanted to recognize them, give back. And they, they were so appreciative and grateful. They're and such hard workers. hard workers. And they work
0: hard to make the place so clean and so accessible and so welcoming when we yeah. go there during such a scary time yes and they were i feel like they were just so happy that somebody cared they <laughs> so were, they
1: were and it was nice and it's all because of the Mr. of kale spiritual yes. family they were the r- real heroes here yes we just implemented it yeah but they were the ones that
0: yeah you guys did preferred. it so thank you so much and take care guys can't wait to interact with you more about all these topics over at the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page on Facebook.